Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode. Today's episode was actually originally uh, inspired by a DM conversation. Yep, in the DMs, talking, talking, talking to other community members of this gut health and chronic illness uh, space uh, on my Instagram at uh, jettas.digest. And I've been talking to the person that DM'd me and what led to this conversation about epigenetics and can I actually reverse my chronic illness and my chronic symptoms was I was talking about protein and uh eating and the way that i eat now this is a little bit of a side note but we're just gonna get into this um so the person responded back to a story that i posted on instagram stories about um that i don't really i'm not i'm not focused on protein eating and um one of the biggest reasons is because it's actually uh, kind of hard on my liver my liver has to um uh put out a lot of energy for protein to uh, adequately absorb and digest. And so she found that kind of interesting. Um, it was a good conversation. And it kind of, we kind of had this aha moment because she said, you know, every single person that I know in the online space is saying protein first, protein first, you have to do every single thing based around protein and get like 30 to 40 grams of protein every day. And da, 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 da. and that's, that's what led us to have this discussion about epigenetics. Okay. So, uh, welcome, welcome to today's episode. Let's hop into it. So first and foremost, uh, we're going to talk about what is epigenetics. We're going to talk about how does it affect who we are, our illnesses and our symptoms. And can I actually retrain my epigenetics, AKA reverse my chronic illness. Now, this person that DM me, after we had talked about protein, after we had talked about a, a few other food sensitivities that she was having, uh, she mentioned that she does unknowingly, she does intermittent fasting. And she has a lot of interesting symptoms and she has three children and um, her third child is actually not even one years old. And she was really asking about like, do you think that protein in my protein intake makes a difference if I enter, if, if I do intermittent fasting? And I said, well, yes and no. And then I answered back with a question, why do you do intermittent fasting? And you said unknowingly. So like, is this something that you just started doing years back and now it just feels good for you? Like, what's the reason? Which leads me to the next thing is that you need to understand that the things that happen, and this is why there is no black or white answer to chronic illness, okay? And recently, I actually had this conversation with my friend Allie, who was on this podcast episodes ago, uh, talking about endometriosis and the realms of allopathic and uh, really Western medicine versus Eastern medicine. Go check that episode out if you have not. Uh, but we were actually talking about how interesting it is and how important it is and the words that you use to talk about your illnesses, right? Because if we say like chronic illness warrior, right? Which I have done, okay? That is something that like I have said, right? Is like chronic illness warriors, right? Or chronic illness warrior. But it's so true that this matters so much because the way that we think about it is what is a warrior? It's like, we're always at war and we're always at war and like there is no end to this healing. However, 
I there there isn't necessarily like this end, okay, which is true, okay? Like with everything that we do in life, when you go to school, you have a start date and an end date, and then you get a diploma, right? Like you oh there's always this uh this light at the end of the tunnel, right? With a chronic illness, not really. However, there are things that you can do to reverse your chronic illness, and this is a big, big thing that I see a lot of doctors talking about, a lot of, you know, just People that don't understand epigenetics, they're like, yeah, you're stuck with this stuff for the rest of your life. And I'm living proof. I just don't believe that. I just don't. And then I've also helped over 100 families doing what I do since I've started doing what I do and helping people. It's been over 100 families where we're seeing type 2 diabetes completely reversed. We're seeing PCOS reversed, SIBO reversed gallbladder stones disappearing like we're, we're seeing a lot of the the chronic inflammation and these in these the depthness of the inflammation really reversed and now we're seeing people just live a way more higher quality of life okay so um so i asked her that i said why do you do intermittent fasting and she said well it's just something that my mom kind of did with us because she didn't really eat and so as a child i kind of grew up like just like okay, like we don't need to eat breakfast, right? And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. And and then my next comment to her was, I bet you if you eat breakfast, I bet you don't have a very high hunger. And sometimes even if you force yourself to have uh, breakfast, sometimes you can feel sick. And she goes, yeah, why? And the answer lies with this, is coming back to this epigenetics. However we teach our epigenetics and in a moment, I'll explain what it is and, and how this matters. But how we teach our epigenetics to behave, our environment, our, there's eight different factors that, have, that affect epigenetics. But all these things that make up epigenetics are going to eventually lead on to for years to come. So if as a child, you did not have breakfast and now you're like, man, I'm trying to heal. And then you see someone like me saying, like, have some breakfast, that's... That's why there's there's it's something that we need to understand that have breakfast doesn't mean all the time like have this like buffet, okay? Have breakfast means just have something before you have coffee. This can be as small as like some salt crackers, especially if you're someone that is not used to having breakfast, okay? Because if you go from 0 to 100, you're literally going to give yourself a shock. On this opposite side, so let's say you're someone that has sugar and you're like, okay, I'm going to do a 30-day um, sugar-free uh, challenge, right? Maybe a fitness expert or, or someone is saying that, right? And you go to do it and during these 30 days, you're at, it's absolute H-E double hockey sticks, okay? It is terrible. You're like, what have I done, right? Like your body's literally going into shock. Maybe you can feel some heart palpitations. Maybe like there's like this ongoing like like stress. Some people even develop rashes. It's these kinds of things that like we need to understand epigenetics. This is why elimination diets a lot of times do not are 99.99999% of the time not the answer, especially in chronic illness, okay? So Let's get to it. What is epigenetics? Epigenetics, very simply put, is the way that your genes are expressed. So we have DNA, RNA, epigenetics, okay? 
Uh, the things that affect it, there's, like I said, there are eight factors. So let's talk about them. The first one is environment. The second one is level of activity. Third one is quantity, which we'll talk, we'll talk quantity and we'll talk about what my, uh, what methyl groups are and how they affect us. Location. This is very important. Developments, uh, development of cells. Uh, measurement tool, so the measurement of methyl groups, uh, and again, we're going to talk about like PTSD, all this stuff, just for, for to give some examples. Reversibility, um, again, this is modifications as, as we are talking about this in this episode, we're going to talk about reversibility. And trend, transgenerational. So not necessarily that DNA is being passed down, but the effects of environmental factors being transmitted from egg to sperm, okay? And that can be for multiple generations, okay? So those are the eight things that affect epigenetics. So we're going to talk about each one. Um, so first and foremost, let's talk about environment. And this is the most common one. The most common one is environment. In fact, a few of these actually kind of have uh, like like a like, like environment is kind of an umbrella, and then a few of these actually fall under environment as well. But it's a little bit more specific with uh, specifically about epigenetics. Okay, okay. So environment, right? So um, your emotions, your stress, your adversity, and your trauma, including your childhood experiences, right? infections, toxins. So toxins, anything like um, we're going to do uh, just real quickly. I want to give an, uh, an example of environment and a transgenerational um, example right now. So this past year, I had a family that um, the uh, two of the family members did an HTMA test and their HTMA test actually came out pretty similar um, and both had pretty high uh, toxic metals and they don't live around anywhere that is toxic and they do not uh, intake toxic like they they have um, they're very like fit um, they do hikes they're very nature people you know stuff like that they watch their stress they watch what they eat they do these things right they eat organic which is another big whole thing about epigenetics and things like that like oh if i eat organic you know and maybe that's that's another episode within itself because not everything is worth being organic um and it has a lot to do with the soil and what organic actually means and all that stuff but anyways so they're they're health conscious family right and they've been having just interesting uh, effects with their mental health and their almost like this threshold of uh, new information and a lot of brain fog and decision fatigue and things like that. So they're like, what's happening with us? Like, like, yeah, we've had some stress, but like, what's going on? Right. And as I'm reading through their HTMA, I'm like, well, I mean, we have a little bit of like adrenal fatigue. We have a little bit of like some, some liver dysfunction, but nothing terrible, nothing where it's like, oh man, like this is intense, right? But like I said, they had really high uh, metal toxins. And so I said, look, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. And the mom looked at me and she's like, oh gosh, like what is this question? Because I look so serious. And it was just something again that comes back to epigenetics. And I thought, I wonder if this is something that is transgenerational that we can say it's pass, it's being passed down, but not necessarily by DNA, but by epigenetics. 
And I answered, I said, did your dad or your grandma or your grandpa or someone work somewhere in like somewhere toxic in, a, in like a coal mine in, I don't know, in a like some mining place? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. And she goes, well, yeah, actually, uh, my grandpa used to work on the railroad and they live out west. And I was like, oh, OK, this is interesting. So that's an example, a great example of why now that family has a little bit harder time removing metal toxins and why it can cause any little bit of extra stress. And this is where gaslighting comes in. We can feel like we're, we're okay. And then it's like that one little thing just like threw our body in havoc right? It's like, man, like I've dealt with much crazier things and it's this little issue that is causing this big problem. Yes, because your epigenetics now are responding in a very, very unique way according to your emotions, your stress, your adversity, your trauma, your infections, toxins, all that stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, environment also is diet and exercise, um, which we will talk about. So that is environment, okay? Um, level of activity. So I'm going to talk a lot about a methyl group. So a methyl group is really important on understanding why epigenetics actually are DNA, but it's how, it's how DNA expresses itself. And this is the same reason on that same token why you and I, we could have the same symptoms, but do not have the same illness, okay? I'm gonna give you a verbatim example. This is how I just love to give verbatim examples because I think it's a little bit more visual. Okay. So you and I, we could both have bloating, um, insomnia, uh, moon face, um, swelling of the feet, uh, feeling fatigued. Um, um, what else? Um, Missed periods are very long and heavy periods. Uh, cramping during periods. Um, I'm just lift, listing off some things that I used to have back in the day. Um, and all those really fall into, so if we look at that list, right? All those things really fall into like, maybe it's PCOS. Maybe it's SIBO. Maybe I have thyroid dysfunction. Maybe I have all these other things. But it's only with a few labs, understanding your body, being educated, being consistent in my gut health journey, that I then realized that, yes, my issue really is with my liver, right? And again, understanding this, that I have a 50% functioning liver, and yet that's not even a diagnosis. That's just something that's happening to me. And a lot of, a lot of professionals told me when I was at the beginning of my healing journey, seeing doctors and getting lab tests, right? Because I was just like you. Like, I was like, no, I need to get more lab tests and I need to go to more doctors because they're going to figure it out, right? And um, it wasn't until I took life into my own hands and I was like, well, you know, if liver dysfunction is the thing that is wrong, like that is just not functioning as it should, what are the things that are functioning really good? Because I bet you that if I help my gut, if I help my mental health, if I help all these things, then my symptoms from my liver directly affected by my liver, I'm going to help it out. I'm going to help my symptoms out. And this comes back to the methyl group, okay? So again, the way that a DNA expresses itself. So what is a methyl group? Okay, I'm going to try to explain this in very layman terms, 
I hope this makes sense for you. So a methyl group is, it does two very important things, okay? Number one, it stops important proteins, okay, or transcription factors from doing their job, okay? So it stops some important proteins from doing their job. And then second, it brings in other proteins that change how the DNA is packaged, okay? So it's kind of like putting a sign on the door that says, stay out, okay? Imagine like you're a teenager and you hate the world and you put a stay out, a sign on your bedroom door, okay? And for some people, they come in, maybe maybe that week you're like favor, favoritizing and really wanting your dad to talk to you and you don't want your mom to talk to you. And so then some people come in and some people actually stay out. But those that come in end up redecorating the your room. So I hope that made sense. So it stops important proteins from coming in. And then because of that, it changes the way that the DNA is packaged. So the methyl group, so coming back to the level of activity, so the methyl group affects whether a gene is highly active, slightly active, or turned off completely. So you thought level of activity, I was talking about like movement. We're gonna get to movement in a second, but it's level of activity. The methylation is one way that the epigenetics influence our nervous system and how we respond to stress. So bringing back this idea of like, man, I've dealt with so much other crap and like this little thing is the one that really took me for a loop. Yes, because it's the level of activity that this, the, the methyl group is expressing itself through the epigenetics, okay? Quantity. Having more methyl groups generally makes a gene less active. The characteristic is consistent with the cumulative effects of trauma or great exposure with effects of intensity or severity of symptoms, okay? So again, this is kind of like, like compounding traumas between uh, like environmental and on the body, okay? So are you having enough methyl groups? Do you have enough methyl groups, right? Like that kind of thing. This is why um, I think I, I, I talked about it in the sugar um the sugar episode where I was like, is sugar actually inflammatory, right? Chronic inflammation is actually okay. Let's repeat this. Chronic inflammation is actually okay. We all have a threshold of inflammation and in how our body responds that then creates all these other inflammatory responses but it's not necessarily the it's not necessarily a chronic inflammation state that helps us say oh yes like i don't have any inflammation when we have inflammation that's actually our immune system doing its job so we definitely want that okay so the quantity of the methyl group matters Okay, so is it less active? What is what is what is the cumulative effect? Okay, location, location on on the genes. Okay, 
The effects of methyl groups can influence genes at locations quite distant from where they are attached. This is how a gene regulation affects hormones and receptors in the brain, for example, which in turn affects the regulation of distant organs such as the adrenals or the gut. Okay. So this is, again, why when we were talking um, a few episodes ago, I was talking about, like, why don't I just stick to one illness? Like, why don't I just stick to, like, liver dysfunction? Because, hey, that's what I have anyways. Like, wouldn't it just be easier for you? No, because we would, kind of referencing back to what I said earlier, we all have very similar symptoms. And it comes back to that gut-brain connection which holds the vagus nerve, which then holds a lot of epigenetics, which then that's why all the things that even POTS, okay, this is a huge, huge thing. This is a huge phenomenon that is happening in the U.S. right now is POTS, MF, CFS, all these, all these chronic illnesses and these really intense chronic illnesses, they are irreversible. They're irreversible there. And I'm here to tell you like, no, because this, as long as this is based on the epigenetics, which they are, which chronic illness is, then you have the chance to actually reverse these things. But again, it will take time. It's not sexy. And you have to be elite in the basics. Okay? Okay. Development. All in our cells, all, or all of our cells, all in our cells, all of our cells uh, carry the same genes, but different genes are active in different cells. As we grow, a body from the starting point of a single-celled egg, methyl groups are what guides the development, okay? They determine which cells become heart tissue or liver tissues or brain cells or gut, or gut lining or whatever, right? This is relevant to the impact of life events during the prenatal period in an early life. And this is one of my favorite subjects here. A lot of people say, man, Jetta, like you are a wealth of knowledge. How do you know this stuff? Like I've talked to doctors and like they don't know this stuff. Or I've recently gotten from my clients or my past clients, I recently gotten Oh man, I went to a holistic practitioner. I went to a holistic doctor or a functional medicine doctor, whatever. And they're like, man, they were telling me almost like pretty much the same thing that you're saying, but they said in a much more, much more confusing language. <laughs> and I always laugh at that because there's such a difference in working with someone that actually understands the gut brain development. And it comes down to that. Again, it comes down to literally the development of this methyl group. Okay, so I'm, I want to repeat this because I, I think we need to understand this part. The reason why every single person that works with me, so I think right now we're at like 97% success rate. So all the people that, so when, you, when we work together at the end, have you fill a survey on like, hey, what can I do better? Uh, do you feel like you had success? You know, da, da, and and people list like, hey, this is this is what I had, this is where I was, and this is where I am now, right? And so we're at 97% per 97% success rate. And it's because I understand the development. Okay, so I want to repeat this one more time. All of our cells carry the same genes, but different genes are active in different cells. As we grow a body from the starting point of a single of a single-celled egg, the methyl groups are what guide development. Okay. 
They determine which cells become heart tissue, liver tissues, brain, gut, bones, skin, so on and so on, which is very relevant to the impact of life events during the prenatal period and in early life when the organ system are obviously still going through a very critical time and influenced very easily by the mother and the fetus and life expectant, uh, life experiences. So this is why. This is why even, even talking to, to that community member and she was like, hey, like I unknowingly do intermittent fasting. And I said, well, then if you were to have breakfast, like I really just like just do like saltine crackers and like call it a day because your your epigenetics now are so used to your hunger cues, your fullness cues. They're going to be so off and you can train it, but you have to start very small. And that's the thing is that like, if you're someone, we're coming back to this example, because this is how this whole entire episode was truly inspired is because I want her to have just some saltine crackers. She doesn't have to have toast with butter or eggs or an omelet or, you know, uh, uh, overnight oats or, you know, all these beautiful breakfast uh, meals. They're fine. But we have to start somewhere if we really want to reverse your chronic illness. And a lot of people stay in that victimhood of like, oh my God, no, well, I just can't do this because I'll like X, Y, Z. There is a way, but you have to find that professional that understands and has the capacity in like explaining to you, hey, this is going to work. Like this is going to work and this is how this is going to work. Okay. Okay. Um, We talked, so I don't even know where we are. We talked about develop uh, development yeah we were just talking about development okay um measurement so the measurement of the methyl groups is being used by research to evaluate the effectiveness of treatment okay i want to tell you about a 20 uh 2013 study okay they were um they wanted to treat the combat veterans for ptsd with short-term psychotherapy okay the veterans who no longer had ptsd after treatment showed a decrease in, in methyl attachments on specific genes compared to levels before treatment. The veterans who improved also had fewer methyl groups attachment than the veterans who did not, meaning that this stuff is actually sustainable. So coming back to this victimhood, right? This is why we have to ask for help. That lone wolf mentality, it's got to go. It's got to go, Okay. It's got to go like there is that there is no middle ground there. Like, let it go and ask for help. And like I said, if you end up and you you have the right people in your support group and you find the right professional, then asking for help is not going to feel condescending. It's not going to feel heavy. It's not going to feel hard. And you just do little by little. OK, OK, um, reversibility. This is my favorite. Um, so epigenetic modifications are potentially reversible. Again, there is a lot of studies uh, being talked about the genetic codes and the epigenetics of chronic illnesses and the way that all what we talked about up until now. So environment, your stress, your trauma, your these th this word that I keep saying is the methyl group, because this is really that. I want you to think about that, the, the explanation that I gave a little bit earlier ago, the reversibility. So if you train, so you have that, that sign on your door that says stay out and 
you want your dad to be the one that comes into your room, but then he redecorates. We can train dad to stop redecorating. And in fact, we can even train dad to say, nope, your mom's going to come in. Okay. Or whoever else, you know, is helpful, right. Or whatever, right. For that would assess the problem and actually help you move forward from that reaction or from that trauma or whatever it may be. Right. So just as we are human, right. Humans come from humans, right. So, and maybe, maybe again, this is just my, my creative mind here and just kind of food for thought here. I'm just, I'm just talking to you now, but, and really thinking out loud, but what if that's why that term hurt people, hurt people is real and heal pe- healed people, heal people. What if that's the reason that it literally comes back to epigenetics that if I'm in my room and my dad starts redecorating this room and I'm like, dude, no, definitely not it. Right. Like imagine right now what redecorating a room actually means. Right. So like flipping your bed like the other way. So instead of being on this wall over here by the window, it's on this wall over here with this painting on on the wall. Right. And maybe my clothes are not my closet anymore. Maybe they're like up over here by this under other window. Right. Like all this stuff, it's like, it would throw, it would cause havoc. Like you'd walk into your room and you're like, I don't even know my room anymore. But if we tell dad, if we begin to just little by little, you know, hey dad, um, maybe when you walk in here, maybe you like, don't re you don't redecorate my room, but maybe we say something like, hey dad, when you come in here, can you just like not put all my clothes on the opposite side of the room? Can you just you know, maybe stick to like five instead, you know? And again, just, just understand that's where we're like, give yourself grace and give yourself enough time for your body to actually have this aha impact moment of, oh yes. Okay. Every time my dad comes in, that's what we're, that's what's happening now. We're telling my dad, Hey, don't redecorate my room. Right. Or like only pick maybe five clothes in to redecorate. Not my whole, not my whole room. Right. So again, really understand that's the reversibility of it, okay? And we're talking autoimmune too, not just like chronic illnesses and stuff, but like autoimmune as well, okay? Okay, um, transgenerational, we kind of hinted at this again about like, we could be having the these environmental factors that are tr- trans- transmitted on generations on top of generations, and we don't realize that they are transgenerational until we are hit maybe with another chronic illness that then creates this methyl group to react. So I hope that made sense. So again, coming back to that family that earlier this year, we were we did the HTMA test and I was like, mm, this is interesting, right? So again, if if all else fails, if if you're like, if you're going to doctor to doctor to professional to professional and you're like, okay, yes, this makes sense, right? Like you're going to one doctor and it makes sense and everything is fine. Great. Okay. Then you found, you found, you found your like plan of action and plan of treatment. If that's not you, if you are going to professional to professional, all labs are like, they're fine, but you're not feeling fine. And uh, you are watching what you eat and you are, you know, health conscious and you are moving and you are doing these things, but something else is still going on. Highly, highly, highly recommend thinking about this transgenerational effect of your epigenetics. Okay. If all else fails, 
just get a functional medicine lab done. Seriously. Again, this is, that's where this family found a lot of peace and like, cause we keep in touch. They're doing so much better. Like they understand what to do. They understand like their environmental factors. They understand themselves as a family, as a dynamic. It is just so much better for them. Okay. Okay. Um, that's really epigenetics. <laughs> so in what, I don't know, like 30 minutes, we kind of discussed epigenetics and why chronic illness is reversible. And also really talked about why, uh, why working with someone that actually understands the development of gut and brain is just, that is why. And, and again, I don't like to toot my own horn. I really don't like it. I feel like that yeah, about it, but I think it needs to be understood. And I think it needs to be said. I'm not a genius. I don't know everything, but because I study what I study at Wayne State University, it makes a big difference in how I treat my clients and why the, the, the main, the, the method that I use, which by the way, I'm going to introduce this method that we finally have a name to. So this is the method that we, that we, as if there's like multiple people, it's just me. Hey, <laughs> um, it, this is the method that I use to take all my clients through and it's called the gut well method. And it's like a four phase time that we are doing together that I'm taking you through. Okay. And it includes diverse eating. It includes mindfulness and intuitive eating. It includes all these things that are whole body and then also getting to know your body. So what is your body saying based on bowel movements, based on eating habits, based on your environmental factors? What is your body saying? And then that's where we also talk about the gut brain connection. Okay. So again, I'm not, I'm not a genius, but there is a difference and I see it now. I see it now more than I ever have before. And I also just want to make a little note about this and about epigenetics and how, um, and how really this does affect just chronic illness and in the future of chronic illness. When we understand things such as epigenetics and how our environment, how transgenerational uh, effects happen, this is why the, what we do together, this is why I say we are healing generations after us. That's not just like a marketing tactic or like, or like some weird stuff that I just want to say. I feel it with my kids. My clients feel it with their families. It is so wild. We are literally changing the world because we're helping the root cause. We are finding root cause and we are building sustainable habits. We're becoming the elite in the basics. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. If you got to this part of the episode, I really thank you. And uh, if you want to check out the show notes, if you liked this episode, in the show notes, I have my handpicked book recommendations. And one of them kind of hints at epigenetics. It's called 10% Human. That's one of them. And then another book that uh, that I highly recommend, and it's in the... So the, in the show notes, there's a link to sign up for me to email you all my handpicked books. Um, so that's a that's a book that's on that list. And then another book is uh, Human Error. And that's another great book so we can understand like 
the body is perfect and it's crazy what the body does. But if we understand the errors, then we can also help ourselves in all these other things that we can't control, right? So those are just two examples. So if you like this episode, check out that link, sign up for the book recommendation so I can email you a few other books. Like I said, if you like the whole body and whole healing thing, that one's for you. Until next time, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.